consider the the same aspect before I get to First Peter chapter four. Um, let me read a couple verses to you from Galatians five. Galatians five verse one says, "Stand therefore in the liberty." Wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Then down in verse 13, he says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now, First Peter chapter 4, <clears throat> notice beginning in verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So in Galatians 5, he says, we have been called to great liberty in Christ. But he says, be very, very careful that you don't use that liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Meaning, hey, I have great liberty. I can do or not do whatever I want to do. He says, no, use your liberty to, in love, serve one another. And then in 1 Peter chapter 4, he says, the end of all things is at hand. I want you to be watching unto prayer. I want you to have fervent charity. And verse 10, he says, as every man has received the gift, Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The word used serve and the word used minister, minister, the word that is literally used means to be, to be an attendant. In other words, I, I am here as your servant. I am here to attend to your needs, to Wait upon you. It is, it is the same word that is used as a, as a deacon. One who serves. We sometimes get the idea that it means one that rules. No, it, it literally means one that serves. But he's saying here to all believers, the end is near, be active in prayer, Be fervent in love, and part of that is be attendant to the needs of others. And verse 10, he says, every man, as every man has received the gift. We need to realize every one of us as believers are gifted. God has gifted us in different ways. Thankfully, we are gifted in different ways. And thankfully, we're not all the same. But God has gifted you, but your gift is wasted and worthless if it's not incorporated in serving others. He says, as every man has received the gift, 
so let him minister the same one to another. Everyone is to minister, to be attendant upon, to wait upon, and he's not saying the choice is if you want to. He says you are given this gift, you are entrusted with it, and now I want you to use it. When the body hurts, minister in the ways that God has given. When the body rejoices, minister. You cannot be a good Christian without being involved in other people's lives. God calls us to serve. And and in understanding, he's saying, I want you to be attendant to one another. As every man has received the gift, we're all gifted, we are to serve one another. And you notice what he says, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This morning we alluded to every situation that comes into our life, God gives us grace to be able to handle it. That's one application of grace. God also gives us grace to serve. So this grace is given unto us, and he said, we're going to answer. A steward is not the one that created the gift and not the one that created the grace. A steward is one that has been given this and entrusted, and he must answer to the one that entrusted it to him. So we are given gifts. We are given the grace of God to minister in lives, and someday we will answer to God for how we have used that gift to serve others. I mean, it's foundational. This is a key one another that literally permeates all the other one another's. And it really falls under the heading to love one another. Part of loving one another is being involved in being a servant, understanding, okay, God has given me different life experiences. He's given every one of us different um, giftings. He's giving every one of us different opportunities. And he gives us his grace. And he said, I want that to be plugged in and invested in other people's lives by being a servant to one another. So we ask ourselves, what are some characteristics of a true servant? A true servant, number one, makes himself more valuable. The more Christ-like you become the better you will be as a servant. So in other words, the greatest thing you can do to be a servant of the Lord and to invest in serving others is to grow in your walk with the Lord. Learn all you can. Develop all you can. Einstein said, Try not to be men of success, but men of value. Develop. God has given every one of us all kinds of tools and opportunities 
But are we developing? Are we growing? I, to me, one of the, the most exciting things about life is, is learning and growing. And no matter what your age is, you can be learning and growing. And to me, that is the exciting part of it. I think we've shared before, but to me, the epitome of learning and growing, the greatest basketball coach of all time, bar any, is John Wooden. And at 93 years old, he was speaking at a coach's convention, and there was a speaker before him. He was seated at a table, and he said to a young man seated next to him, 93 years old, Hall of Fame coach, he said to a young man next to him, would you take notes on this as he speaks? There's something here I can learn. That's increasing your value. He easily could have said, I don't need to show up till that guy's done. What's he know about coaching? I've done it all. 93 years old, he could have said, I'm about done. I'm out of here. But he was desirous of learning. Why? Because he may be touching somebody's life and he may, we ought to always be, um, making ourselves more valuable. To be growing, to, to learn, how can I respond in this situation? So a true servant makes himself more valuable. What, ask yourself, what can I do to grow? What can I do to, to develop and grow? Don't plateau. Be committed to growing. Number two, a true servant is alert to needs. Is alert to needs. To, to learn to think and see what might this person need? What would be an opportunity? What might this situation need? See, a true servant is one that notices the needs because they're alert to them. They ask themselves, what would I want someone to do for me? If I was in that situation, what, what could I do to help this circumstance? A true servant is alert to needs. A true servant desires to help bear the burden. So alert to the needs. And then Galatians 6.3 says, bear ye one another's burdens. So here's a person that is burdened down with something. A true servant comes along and helps them bear the burden. Helps lift them up. Helps strengthen them. So comes along and a desire is see the need. And then has a desire to bear the burden. And as you bear one another's burdens... Galatians 6 tells us, you fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So, I'm loving God by loving those that he created in his image. And if it's a fellow brother or sister. And then I'm loving them by serving. I'm attendant. Ah, they have a need. 
I could come along and help bear this burden. Now, I've already got enough of my own needs. Indeed, you do. But there's an amazing, um, amazing relationship that goes on when we get involved in serving others, how much God ministers in our own life. But there's a desire to help bear the burden, and a true servant does not wait to be asked for help. Well, nobody asks, so guess I'm not. If you see a need, meet the need. If you see a need, meet the need. See, it's it's part of serving. I've had I've had people say, "Well, I came to church and it wasn't a, a friendly church." And and individuals have come for some time and said, "Well, it's not a friendly." If you see that there's a need for friendliness, maybe God's opened your eyes to that. Go meet the need. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet a need here. There there's a need for more friendliness. I'm gonna be Mr. Friendly. You know, the world doesn't need more people going around saying, Oh, that's wrong and that's wrong and that. When you see a need, a true servant sees a need and doesn't say, Oh, look at that, they're not doing that right. A true servant. God revealed it to you. Meet the need. By love, serve one another. That's what he's called us to do. So, every one of us sees things differently. You know, some of you may look at these flowers and say, that one's just off a little bit. I don't know that it is. I'm just using this as an illustration. They can't get anything right when they're doing... No! When the service is over, if it's off and you think it'd be better, just come up and turn it or whatever, you know. Next week, there may be some of these that are dead. I don't know why they couldn't see that those leaves are dead on that thing. See, I know. I know people long enough. I've lived 62 years. I know how we think. Oh, don't live like that. You're miserable like that. If you see something, go up, pick the dead leaves off and say, wow, that looks better. I mean, simple little things in our community that we see need done. You see a house needs tore down, get a bulldozer, go plow it. No, 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 I'm just kidding. This is, it's not just serving one another here. There'd be nothing left in Sheraton, right? No. (laughs) It's serving one another where we work. It's serving in our neighborhood. It's being, you know, we're, we're having, we just had nominations and we'll have elections for deacon. You don't need to be elected to be a deacon to serve. You just need to serve. Everybody's a deacon. Woo! Let's hear it. Yay! We are. We're supposed to serve. That's what we're to be. That's what we're to do. Especially in the body, in the family, in the community, at the work. So 
we don't need to, to wait to be asked. A true servant does not have expectations of return. You know, there are, there are many servants in our church body and, and there are people that do things that you and I don't even know about and they don't care if they're ever noticed because they don't expect anything in return. If we serve and we're keeping a scorecard, I've done one, two, three times for them and you know what? They don't seem to appreciate it, and they're not reciprocating anyway. There are, there are many times that people in our church body are serving, and, and they don't expect anything in return, and that is a true servant. A, a pseudo-servant is one that serves... And then because it doesn't produce what maybe they had expectations or entitlements, then they draw back and they don't serve anymore because, well, it didn't benefit me any. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he manifested the characteristics of a true servant. He was alert to the needs. It was customary for people to wash their visitors' feet. He didn't wait to be asked. And he didn't have expectations. He didn't say, okay, who's going to wash my feet? I did this so that I'd get my feet washed. A true servant doesn't have expectations. A true servant, number six, is willing to serve those who reject them. A true servant is willing to serve those who reject them. Jesus Christ served all mankind, and all mankind rejected him. And he faithfully came and served. He knew Judas would reject him. He served him. He knew the disciples would all go their own way and reject him, but he served them. This is the real, real test of servanthood. But it is important for us to realize a true servant eventually will be blessed. You can't give a cup of cold water, Matthew 25 says, in God's name without God rewarding it. And whether anybody sees it or not, God sees it. And he says, if you've done that, I will someday reward you openly. You gave to someone secretly, I will someday reward you openly. You faithfully served, I will reward you. Why? Because the greatest among us, Matthew twenty twenty eight says, is the one that serves. Jesus Christ didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And we are called to serve one another. And until until we breathe our last breath, there are ways for us to serve one another. And we need to be alert to it. 
And at certain stages in life, you may be able to serve one way, and you move into another stage in life, and you can't serve that way anymore. But there is a way that we can serve one another, invest in one another's lives, minister to one another. And as we do, thankfully, it will be rewarded. God honors a servant. And anyone and every one of us can be a servant. You can't serve God without being blessed. And as you serve God in serving others, I'm serving God by serving others, God will bless that because servants are most like Jesus. I can't wait to get to heaven. I believe some of the greatest people in heaven will be people that were faithful, faithful servants that maybe not many people knew about, but they faithfully served, and their service will be rewarded. There are, there are individuals, let, let me just mention, I believe with all my heart, Mary Lou Morris is going to be greatly rewarded. You, you cannot believe how much she prays for everybody in this church body. It, it makes her sick that she's not able to get out and come to church. I mean, this is a different stage in life, and she won't like hearing this on the CD when she gets it. I'll guarantee you that. But the reality is, those of you that know, she is a servant. She's invested in people's lives. And who knows Mary Lou Morris? You know, some of you here don't even know her. You know what I mean? But it's going to be individuals that maybe nobody knew that they prayed faithfully for missionaries around the world and served and invested. And God's going to say, you have been faithful unto me. I will, over that which is little, I will make you ruler over much. And the reality is, every one of us, are expected to be servants, and every one of us can serve. I mean, it's at home. How can I help here? How can I serve? When you go to work tomorrow, how can... I mean, it's a miserable thing when you just say, Oh, boy, put in my time, watch the clock, watch the clock, watch the clock. Okay, I'm out of prison. I can go home. God, who do you want me to serve today? When you're doing business, who do you want me to serve? How can I, how can I be a help? How can I be a blessing? Who can I wait upon, be attendant upon? Who can I serve? How can I carry out this command by love, serve one another? Don't use your liberty just to say, oh, look at all the great things God's given me. By love, serve one another. And as we get in and serve, we will see God minister in our lives. Serving is humbling ourselves to minister to the needs of others by God's grace. Heavenly Father, I pray that 
you would stir in our hearts the rich privilege that you've given us to serve, to be an attendant upon. And Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to the needs of others. I pray that um, we would be um, eager to see needs and then minister to those needs as you have gifted and as you give us opportunities. And Lord, I pray for those that are serving, that you would help them to not be weary in well-doing. Lord, I pray that you would help each one to see in due season they will reap if they faint not. And so, Lord, I pray that you would would encourage everyone that that desires to serve. And Lord, open our eyes to see where we can serve more effectively and, and greater opportunities. And Lord, help us to grow in you that we'd be more valuable, that we'd be more usable. And Lord, I pray that as we plant seeds through our service, that you would give the increase. So, Lord, we desire to be like you. We desire to be servants. We desire to um, follow your example. And I pray that we would have joy in serving you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We want to